The recording of this week's episode experienced some audio issues. We apologize in advance. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of Is This Real Life? Chronicling Life in the Peak Entertainment Era. And this week, we'll be recapping the Oscars for our feature presentation. But first, I thought of this um, considering we're in the Peak Entertainment Era. Streaming sort of changed the way TV is shot and uh, produced for uh, consumption. Um, we witnessed the shortening of TV seasons and episodes in general, the number of episodes. So in the past, a season of television would be up to 22 to 25 episodes. Now we're lucky if we get 10 for one season. Right, right. Um, and, you know, the rule was once you get 100 episodes, you, were, you could go into syndication. So your show could be picked up for reruns on different networks and whatnot. So yeah. should they change that mile marker for shows now since a lot of shows aren't even getting more than like five seasons? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question because I think, I guess when you think of it from the network standpoint, they want something that's obviously a worthwhile product. And I guess the thing is if you've had a hundred episodes, then you know, you've proven yourself to be something that people care about. But otherwise, if you put something on there without 100 episodes, it's just going to keep repeating <laughs> very quickly. Like, you'll run through the season. So I personally think maybe not a whole lot less, but maybe like 60, 70, something like that. A uh, 100 is a lot for today's television. Right. And it, it definitely, like, it doesn't give a show replay value doesn't give you a chance for other folks to explore it unless it goes to streaming or even rarer you buy it on physical media right it's just like us growing up we know all these older shows and references because these shows aired on naked night or late late at night and other things nowadays you have to have a streaming service and if if you don't have that i don't know where you're going to find them right that's true yeah, it's totally. No, that's interesting. I think it's definitely something a conversation a conversation that could be had. But then again, you know, I'm not sure how syndication works anymore. When, like you said, you can just go to a streaming network and see all seven seasons of the show sitting there. So exactly, yeah. And then again, you'd have to sort of renegotiate the whole royalties thing, which is difficult within itself with streaming. So definitely something to think about. All right, let's get into our first segment, our What's News. Okay, so uh, some big news for the past week was that Paramount Global which was formerly known as Viacom, under the CBS brand, is wanting to sell its majority stake in BET. Um, I guess they're everyone's trying to save now that peak TV is sort of like hitting the wall. <laughs> yeah. And they're trying to get off extra, extra costs. So um, there's been quite a few quarters. First... Uh, Tyler Perry has announced that he's interested in purchasing um, the stake in BET as well as sort of recent media mogul uh, Byron um, what's his last name? Byron Allen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Who just recently purchased the Weather Channel um, and tried to sue I believe it was some network for discrimination Comcast or Time Warner somebody. Wow. Yeah, um, and then today we got the news that Sean Diddy Combs is also interested in purchasing a stake in the company. And there was another uh, group, a black-owned media group I had never heard of. I think they comprise of three owners. They're interested as well. Um, now, Paramount would still have a minority stake in it and still have streaming rights to most of their content. But I guess you could say BT would be black-owned once again. Um, like it was prior to like 2001 when Bob Johnson sold the company to Viacom. Yeah. yeah. 
what were your thoughts? I think it is interesting. Um, I'm glad there's interest and genuine interest. I mean, BET seems to have had a, a tough go at once. I don't know. It seems like in that era with like UPN and, and that time when, you know, we had a lot, a lot of black shows, BET was, it was up and it slowly, mm-hmm. slowly slipped down, like you said, because of where it fell kind of in the, the ranking with the other things under Viacom. But, um, I think it's, I think it is good. I, and I hope it goes through and I'm not sure who is the best person for the company, but, um, maybe they can breathe new life into it. And I think that's maybe, um, the best we can hope for. It's not going to be a quick turnaround, but. Right. Yeah. It's going to take some years. Um, but I do know, like under BT VH1 is also included in that because I guess they kind of group those together, which is interesting. Because VH1 has become more urban in the past, yeah, yeah, definitely, de- past decade. So yeah, we'll continue to follow that story. Uh, next up, uh, we are resuming the Russ trial. Um, if you haven't been keeping up, this is the, I guess, death trial. Um, of the cinematographer that was on the film Russ starring Alec Baldwin, him and the armorer facing charges in, uh, I think it's Helena Hutchins was her name. Yeah. Uh, the cinematographer's death when a prop gun that Baldwin was handling went off and shot her and killed her. Surprisingly, the prop gun had real bullets. Um, I saw where... Well, one, they're still going through the production of the film, which I find blasphemous. But um, they already sort of said that Alec wouldn't face any jail time. Um, I think they're trying to reduce some of the charges. But the latest update was something kind of absurd that the that his defense team was trying to do. Um, It's it's just sort of weird, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as they announced that they were going to try to press charges on him. You knew he wasn't going to get jail time. Like, be real. But, uh, yeah, it, the whole situation is strange. It, it's, I mean, on top of that, it's very unfortunate. But, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's odd. Yeah, and the latest update was that um, Alex's team tried to state that the state had destroyed the gun, um, the murder weapon, and then the DA came back and said those claims are false. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's insane. Um, but yeah, that's I'm sure that will be going for the majority of the rest of the year. Um, as well as, I guess, them finishing the movie. I just... Yeah. Yeah, that's very strange. <laughs> In TV news, um, a once-canceled show has been revived. Uh, once upon a time before... HBO Max was owned by uh, Warner. No, it was owned by Discovery. Um, they were planning a animated series called Batman Cape Crusader, and it was supposed to be done by Bruce Tim, who did the original '90s animated series of Batman. Uh, it was supposed to be like a sort of like a spiritual successor of that of that show. Um, okay. Of course, uh, CEO David Zalz. Zaslov acts that as he acts a lot of animation at HBO Max. So Amazon Prime has decided to come in and pick up the show for two seasons. So fans can be looking forward to that over there. Um, yeah, it's real interesting. He's involved. I know J.J. Abrams is a producer, and I think Matt Reeves, who's doing you know, the Bat- Batman films, um, he's involved as well. So hopefully that turns out right. successful. Yeah. Prime has a lot of money, and they're they're getting a lot of projects out uh, here recently. So, and finally, after um, his sort of star run in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and his recent run in Creed Three, Jonathan Majors is set to star as Dennis Rodman in the movie Forty Hours in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I think we heard about this last year. Like it was coming out or that it was in production, but nobody was really connected to it yet. Right, right. So as many of you may know, may not know, we learned about this sort of ordeal of Rodman's during the Last Dance uh, documentary back in 2020, I believe, um, where 
during the sometime during the season he just sort of like vanished for 48 hours and he was in Vegas and it kind of I'm guessing it will chronicle like that those two days where he was sort of just indulging yeah. yeah indulging some of his vices and whatnot and even sort of contemplating suicide like Rodman's been been through it yeah, um, nuts. yeah and while many you know say you know John the Major isn't 6'3 and not very slim he's going to to kill this role like yeah. I'm, I have no doubt about it so yeah I think it would definitely work yeah definitely looking forward to that um, the box office I have no idea um, <laughs> what what came out this weekend I'm not sure if anything did or anything worthwhile at least Creed was the weekend before last this oh scream six. Um, it won with forty four point five million. Uh, Creed came in second with twenty seven point two, and then sixty five starring um, what's his face, Adam. Adam uh, Driver. Driver, which I I could not tell what that movie was about from the trailer. It it confused me. Yeah, neither could I, and I saw the trailer like. 10 times it comes on every night and I still haven't put together what he's doing. Like, is he in the future or in the past or he winds up somewhere where dinosaurs still exist? Like, I was so confused. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, but congrats to Scream. Um, a lot of horror fans are were delighted at in this new uh, iteration of the franchise. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I don't, not really a follower of those films, but I believe they're sort of setting Scream 7 to start production this fall, so... Okay. And <clears throat> sadly, I guess, well, sadly, yes, but, um... Yeah. Uh, infamous actor Robert Blake died last week at the age of 89. Um, he was a young star who became an adult star. Um, he starred in In Cold Blood and Beretta, and then the TV show was him and the parrot or something yeah I, you got me on that i just know him but from, know him from in cold blood yeah yeah but uh later in his life he became most famous for the death of his wife bonnie lee uh bakley who he was acquitted for eventually acquitted in the in her murder but i feel like he was responsible <laughs> yeah i think most people believe he was responsible his um actually he was oh what was he in uh he was in a, a david lynch film i think it's lost highway if i'm not mistaken and yes, it 1997. Was, yeah so it, it was kind of around that time and his behavior was just so strange in that film and the character was supposed to be strange but um yeah very very odd very very creepy looking dude too <laughs> yeah Oh, Beretta was the show with the parrot. Okay, okay never mind. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, that that tale trial sort of captivated America. Um, as I mean, you can look more into it, but he and his wife sort of had this estranged relationship. She was known for sort of hustling, somewhat. Uh, she sort of introduced you know OnlyFans and sending nudes and whatnot for the time back then, um, yeah. and he was sort of trying to get rid of her to save his money and whatnot, allegedly. They go out for a day to sort of reconcile. Um, she, he told her to go get something from the car, and when she does, someone shot and killed her. Um, yeah. It sounded like a hit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so RIP to Blake, who was, you know, a talented actor, especially how young he started. Um, but then just sort of descended into oddness. That concludes uh, What's News, and when we come back, we'll get into our feature presentation. And we are back, and it's time for our feature presentation. Uh, this week was finally the 95th Annual Academy Awards, um, yesterday evening on ABC. Uh, the nearly four-hour telecast went rather smoothly. Um, yeah. Of course, com 
compared to last year. Right. Um, right. We had some big winners break history and others sort of break nothing, um, which was quite interesting. So we'll first get into the winners and then we'll discuss the show itself. Um, but of course, as everyone knows, the big winner this year was uh, the Daniels Everything Everywhere All at Once, which actually made um, Best Picture history in many ways. Um, it's the first film since they expanded the Best Picture uh, number to be nominated to win the most awards, and it's the first film to win the most above the line awards so um yes it won a total of seven awards it was nominated for 11 one total of seven including best supporting actor and actress uh original screenplay editing directing lead actress and best picture um and i guess there was a narrative to where many folks thought the Academy hated this film, but that wasn't the feeling I was getting. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, out of the films that were there, and I, I'm sure there's like diehard fans of it, I just don't think Tar really had a chance. I think they were banking on Kate Blanchett's performance, but other than that, it just really wasn't captivating. At some points, it's kind of boring. Yeah, I was very interested in the beginning just seeing the parts come together and knowing right. that something nefarious had occurred. Right. As it went on, it did begin to lull in the middle. And it's just like, okay, what, what is happening? And then sort of like the weird stuff started happening. So you think, I just thought there was going to be more, I don't know, not supernatural elements, but just more weird stuff to sort right. of right. happen. And it never really got there. Um, but, Yes, the evening was very interesting. Um, Ooh, excuse me. We had a, another excellent speech from Kihu Kwan as he accepted the award for Best Supporting Actor. Um, and with Jamie Lee Curtis, we have to discuss <laughs> her win in general. Um, did, did you expect her to win? Uh, honestly, kind of. I, I think... And uh, what I was what I was kind of thinking to myself is there's a how do you say it? You can tell the vibe very early of one of these events. So when things started and kicked off and just you know when they start picking up words, you're like, okay, you can tell how this was going. But yeah, I will say I I, I did kind of expect her to win. It, it, the whole season of award ceremonies kind of felt like um, this film's time. And so, it, yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Did I think she should have won? No, she wasn't the best supporting actress in that film. But, um, but it, you know, it is what it is. And, and it is history, and it's good to see her to win, so. Yes, yeah, she is sort of, she is a veteran in the industry, and that's what many people saw this win as, you know, them congratulating her on a co- successful career. Right. Um, and... Unfortunately, it was the detriment of other actresses like uh, Angela Bassett, who is the same age as Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. who has been nominated before um, right. nearly 20 years ago. And we just felt that that was her moment. Um, but again, many people might think that being that she was in a Marvel film, the sort of bias there right, right. could have limited her chances so Curtis ended up winning that. Um, but other others were repeats from other awards shows, like the editing award for uh, Paul Rogers. Um, yeah, as as the night went on, it just came pretty clear that right this movie was gonna was going to sweep, and it was well deserved. Like it was the film of the year, honestly. Um, and then in second place with most wins was surprisingly All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, See, I, I'm not surprised. I think that is well-deserved. <laughs> yeah, it won most of the technical awards, yeah. which I have to say um, it, it did deserve. Uh, it yeah. was tied for nine nominations along with Banshees and Asheron, um, and it won four of them. I believe it won score, which I thought the score was magnificent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cinematography, 
pro- production design, and there's one more that's escaping me. What's the other one? Oh. Shoot. It, it won four. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember uh, what was the fourth one. And I didn't even write them down. Lauren, what is your problem? But yeah, it was a big win for Netflix. Um, it could have definitely gotten that best picture, but everything everywhere all at once was just outpacing it by then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me see if I can. I'm looking the, for. Oh, break. international feature film. Oh, international yes, feature yeah. film, which could be questionable, you know. I mean, Germany, yes, it's international, but Decision to Leave wasn't even nominated, which was sort of like a... Yeah, that's true. The front runner there. Um, but yeah, congrats to Oakland Western Front. I believe that director is set to um, do a series starring Oscar Isaac on Amazon Prime. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's called Helltown. It's actually based on, I guess, actual events involving Kurt Vonnegut. So wow. that was just that was just announced today. Um, and then, of course, with winners, you have some losers. Um, <laughs> uh, three films were actually were actually snubbed the entire night. You had Elvis that went um, without any wins. Tar, like we mentioned before, and Banshees in the Sheeran went zero yeah. for nine this evening. A lot of people thought uh, Carrie Condon had a chance of repeating her BAFTA win. For supporting actress, yeah. um, a lot a lot of people were thinking Colin Farrell would edge out um, Brendan Fraser and Austin Austin Butler for best actor, but I, I consider that sort of a toss up. Um, yeah. yeah, there wasn't really a front runner for that category. Yeah. I agree. And I, then, uh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I'd argue that like I don't know the the snubs really weren't huge huge snubs in my opinion yeah um like like i said uh, the daniels were just taking up so much air in the room exactly. um, i was was sort of nervous about best act lead actress um but it would be ridiculous to award bless you it would be yeah. ridiculous to award Hugh kwan and curtis and the Daniels were directing the original screenplay and then not give Yo the Best Actress Award. That that would not make sense. Yeah. So No, I saw a lot of people saying that um they're kinda upset. Not upset, but I saw a little stuff about, you know, John Williams not being awarded anything. Um for what he, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable, but he's a legend. So, right, right. I know he, he's probably not worked up. The man's 91. He's probably just, yeah, chilling. He's happy to point. be here. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, he, he lost out on score, and St- Spielberg lost out on uh, directing. A lot of people, not a lot of people, but critics I was listening to said this wasn't even Spielberg's best film. Yeah. So... And he's won before, as as well as Blanchett. She's won two Oscars before. So, um, a big win I was very excited about was for Sarah Pauly for Women Talking. Yeah. Uh, she won an adapted screenplay. I'm happy that film got something because she wasn't up for directing. None of the cast was nominated. Um, and she... Didn't she get kind of shafted by the BAFTAs? I believe so, yes. Yes. All around, you know, yeah. sh- she deserved a, a bit more um, for that film. A lot of people said it was excellent. So congrats to her. I was I was excited for that win. Um, also excited for, excuse me, Guillermo del Toro for his animated yeah. feature for Pinocchio winning. Um, and then Song went to Nacho Nacho uh, right. for RRR, which I thought them and Rihanna had the best song performances I don't know what was happening with the other three. Yeah. The Diane Warren song was boring. Gaga's definitely performed better. Yeah. And I, I, t- I totally miss the This Is Your Life because I think I was watching The Last of Us. But 
Um, yeah, Rihanna, Rihanna actually surprised me. She sounded great, and the song sounds so much better live. Yeah. Um, any other major winners, surprise winners? I don't think so. Oh, of course, the other two films that uh, won, um, both Top Gun Maverick and Avatar 2 won one each. Top Gun Maverick won for Best Sound, and Avatar, of course, won for Visual Effects. Yeah, which um, you kind of just assume it's going to take that award because of yeah, all that it, it has is. To. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but neither Tom Cruise nor James Cameron were in attendance. Um, so. Yeah. And who, nobody ever knows where Tom Cruise is. Like, this just seems right. natural he, at this point. He's over there at the church. Leave him be. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are the winners. Um, other things, as, as we did, we mentioned, you know, some snubs. Um, I definitely think Angela deserved this award. Actually, over... Jamie Lee Curtis, um, and you were right. Jamie was even the best supporting actress in the film. Stephanie Shu, yeah, should have been the winner, if not Bassett. I mean, she she literally carried her and Yo. So that was just an interesting win. Um, yeah. The sh- show overall, I was really pleased with the production. Um, they didn't try any of those weird gimmicky things for to gain viewership or try something new. It felt very classic and prestigious and sort of focused on why we're there. Yeah. I will say one of the strange moments are kind of, and it's ABC, which is Disney, but like the plug for Little Mermaid was kind of just like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, that was odd. I think, of course, they announced we (laughs) we were getting the trailer Everyone assumed, oh, commercial break, we'll see a Little Mermaid trailer. No, they brought Melissa McCarthy and Halle Berry to present the trailer during the show. And it, yeah. it was just very, very, um, it was just clunky. All right. And then I say another low moment, and I'm glad I've seen stuff about it, was the In Memoriam. It was just, I feel like if there's one part of the show that should be long and should allow be allowed to take more time it should be that and you know there's just people that passed away that weren't added in and what was nuts it was the uh i'll never say her name right the charles b dean who was in the triangle of sadness the main character she passed away and her film was nominated for one of the best films and it's like how was she not in there and like and she wasn't there yeah they also forgot paul servino yeah and Anne hesh it, it was very strange and i i guess there's a thing you could like scan a QR code like we're at some damn restaurant and go see the rest of them but I'm like eh, yeah that's... it's like okay that's very strange <laughs> yeah that's 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 kind of inconsiderate <laughs> yeah I thought Lenny sounded great oh yeah um, oh yeah but yeah there's always they always miss some people but you feel like some people just should be there yeah uh, but then, unless they want to go ahead I, what I was going to say was that you know I love Lenny Kravitz but it turned more into looking at his performance than the people who have passed. And like, why aren't the best part is when they have the speaking things, you can hear clips and it just, it just, it wasn't the same. It was just like, okay. Yeah. It was just clips. And then people alleged with Jamie Lee Curtis, some woman yelled, thanks Kenny at the end. Yeah. As it was fading to black to the commercial. I said, who the hell is near the mic? Some of the awkward moments. Um, uh, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. The viewership was actually up 12% this year, which is a three-year high, but definitely a low in the grand scheme of things. It had 18.7 million viewers. Oh. Um, I thought Jimmy Kimmel was fine as the host. He was you know, generally funny at parts, um, but I don't need him again. Nah. Yeah, they, it's time to look for someone new. There's so many people they could pick. Yeah, yeah. I know he's he's got the show there and whatnot, but let's get some fresh meat on the stage because he never said anything too offensive, but it's just like, okay, it, it's time to let someone else host. You're right. Uh, some favorite moments. Um... I really like Sarah Pauly's speech. I love the Daniels speech. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was impressed with them. They just seemed so genuine and grateful to be there. Um, 
Oh, I forgot to mention for winners, I really enjoyed Ruthie Carter's speech. I think I missed hers during the telecast, oh. but I saw afterwards um, how she, you know, mentioned that her mother had passed leading up to the awards and how her working with um, Wakanda Forever prepared her for that moment oh. and sort of like a tri- tribute to Chadwick. Um, which is a good speech. And she's actually the first black woman to win two Academy Awards. So, congrats to her. She won for costume design for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, any other moments that stood out to you that were positive? Uh, I, one of the funny moments is because I just like silly things, though, is when the they brought out the cocaine bear with Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I thought that was pretty decent. Um, And then, I know it's not on here, but the fashion-wise, I thought people kind of tried to do things different this year. Yeah, Um, I I agree. I really liked Harry Harry, um, Shum Jr.'s outfit. He had, like, the tux, but had a sash across the waist. It it was very clean. Yeah, he had the... uh, it was like the blue sash. I remember that. Yeah. Him and then Harvey uh, Gion was wearing yeah. like this tux, but it was like... It was like a gown, a cloak, too. Gown. Yeah. He looked really good. I really liked and that. Wish McCullough looked ridiculous, and she just presented, though. Margot Robbie. She always looks good, but... Yeah. Her and Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And he had that glove on, and there was an article about it, but I didn't get chance to read i think he's done that before i don't know if he has like a remember he got in the accident and he like hurt his hand i thought that's what it was for like it okay i didn't know it was still hurt so maybe they like kind of hide it in movies and stuff yeah i think he hit if i'm not mistaken like he lost skin on his hand from that accident okay that's what i think yeah. it is yeah I do remember that because he got in an accident with his girlfriend, a.k.a. step-granddaughter. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Nasty. Um, and I think another great moment, of course, was um, Harrison Ford awarding the Best Picture. Oh, yeah. And him and Kiyu Kwan having that moment on stage um, since, you know, Hu Kwan first role was with Indiana Jones in the Temple of well was was with Harrison Ford in Indiana right. Jones and Temple of Doom. Um and then both Kiquan and uh Brendan Fraser were in Encino Man. So yeah. there's a lot of like full circle moments here. Yeah. Um did I I'm I'm guessing he's okay. Maybe he's just nervous, but Brendan Fraser speaking, was he okay? Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Maybe it was just nerves, the moment. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I've not really seen too much about it, but yeah, I'm just going to He just seemed it. like really, he might have been just like overwhelmed, but he just yeah. seemed very shook. <laughs> yeah. Like, is he going maybe, to make maybe it that's, through this speech? Right. And maybe that's just what it was. He was just taken back. Yeah. But congrats to him. I, I know there was that film was very divisive amongst people. Yes, yes. Folks were happy for him, but um, there's a lot of lot of critique about that film and performance in general. Um, but yeah, overall I thought it was a good award show and we'll be starting to see what type of films will be nominated next year as we progress through. Yeah the year for next year's award season. <clears throat> that's our feature that's our feature presentation. When we come back we'll get into our streams of the week. And we are here with our streams of the week uh, for March 6th through the 12th. Um, we'll start with a few trailers here. Of course, the big one we mentioned previously was premiered at the Oscars. Um, Disney's live-action remake of The Little Mermaid, starring Halle Bailey, um, Javier Bardem, and Melissa McCarthy. I don't know the prince's name, so I can't help you there. But yeah, uh, what were your thoughts on the trailer? 
uh, it was dark. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't know. It, it was decent. It, I mean, you know the story of The Little Mermaid, so I'm not sure how much more they can change it, but um, it will be interesting, I think, to just see how it comes out. I, I'm, You know, everybody's going to be tuning in for the songs, and at least they've got somebody we know who has a voice. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it'll be all right. I think it will get a lot of people to go and see it, though. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like a Black Panther type level thing for black oh, yeah. people. Oh, I, absolutely. I, um, yeah, I, I thought that the trailer was nice. Um, I just don't know how it's going to pan out. Um, Ursula, I mean, we didn't see much of her, but what we saw, it just looked kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and that's the character everybody wants to see, if we're being honest. Like... <laughs> Right, because she has one of the better songs yeah. throughout the the film. We want to see Melissa can measure up. Right. Um, and then I guess a lot of people were upset with way how Sebastian looked, but folks were like, how do you think a crowd's supposed to look? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. The live actions are just money grabs. Like, there's no need to make these classics. Absolutely, absolutely. But... <laughs> But they're doing it, so um, we'll see what happens. That comes out in May, so it'll be a summer blockbuster here. Uh, we also got the first full trailer for Yellow Jacket's second season, which arrives on March uh, 26th, 24th if you're streaming. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, I'm ready to return to to the story. Yeah, as am I. And I think I'm going to have to watch like the last three or four episodes to kind of maybe not that many i i I can't remember how the season ended genuinely so i'm gonna have to go and watch maybe like the last two episodes and uh, yeah all i remember is what's her face got kidnapped um juliette lewis's character yeah and then tawny cypher's character um was like the one killing everything in their house and yeah going cuckoo and then what's her face killed old dude and she had to bury the body or whatever but yeah i don't i might have to watch maybe like a recap or something (laughs) (laughs) um but i did read that we're actually gonna have like three timelines this season we'll have of course the present day where we're introduced to adult Lottie and adult, what was uh, the other girl's name? The one that we thought died, but she survived that attack. Um, uh, the redhead. Yeah, I can't think of her name. Yeah, we'll, we'll be introduced to her, um, and then the second time I'm supposed to be in the past with them in the wilderness, and I think a third timeline is them immediately after being rescued so 19 months after the crash when they like first come back to the town so that's gonna be interesting and then we also have elijah wood who's gonna be a recurring character this season and he seems to be paired up with uh christina ricci's character so that should be exciting yeah no it's just and it, it happens every once in a while where a show just kind of grabs the, everybody and, and takes over. And this one did that. I was not expecting this. I thought this was going to be something on the on the same level as like Cool Summer or something. You know what I mean? Despite the fact that yeah. it's showtime. But um, yeah, I just was not expecting what we got. But I'm so glad we got it. <laughs> right. And the trailer also featured a cover of I'm Just a Girl by Florence and the Machine. Yeah, I saw that. Which is actually really dope so i'm excited for that as we said that's coming up later this month um we got two trailers for two separate shows on two separate uh net platforms first was citadel mm. and this is a espionage series from the russo brothers it stars richard madden of game of thrones fame and then uh priyanka Chopra jonas uh from quantico fame and marrying the Jonas brother. <laughs> um, basically, this is a spy thriller where these two agents 
barely survive defeating a, a sinister syndicate, and they have their memories wiped away. And I guess years later, the threat has returned, and they have to be like reprogrammed to join the field. Um, and evidently, they think that this will build like a franchise at Amazon Prime, where it will, in, it will include agents from different countries and all this stuff. So like. I guess they're trying to do like a Avengers type Marvel yeah. thing with this. Okay. Um, the trailer trailer did look decent. It also stars uh, Stanley Tucci. He's their sort of handler. Um, so so we'll see what happens. <clears throat> and over at Apple TV, uh, we had the first trailer for Silo, and this is a series based on a books, a set of books. Um, the series starts with Rebecca Ferguson, uh, as we know from Dune and Tenet. Mm. Uh, she's, she, this story is set some place in the future, dystopian America, um, where this colony lives miles underground. And uh, their rules say that you're not allowed to go to the surface because of it's dangerous, you'll die, whatnot. And Ferguson plays a technician whose uh, lover is murdered. And as she investigates this murder, she starts to question uh, the system that they live in. Um, right, right. It has an all-star, all-star cast. Uh, Tim Robbins, David Oyelo, uh, Rashida Jones. Who else is in this? Names are slipping. Common. Pops up in everything. Um... It, it sounds interesting. It looks interesting. I just hope it's it really, good. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and that premieres, I think, later this... I think it's May 5th. Um, and Citadel is April 28th. And that's on Prime and Apple TV, respectively. All right, let's get into what we watched this week. Uh, starting with you. What, what were you watching? took it back. Uh, what was I doing? I don't know what I was doing. I think I may have been talking to my sister. And we just had a, one of those conversations where you just go back talking about old shows that you used to watch. And I think it started because we were talking about how a show like um, Next, as funny as it would be, just would not exist in today's society. Like the, It just could not exist. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But... Um, then that got us other MTV shows. And so we started talking about Laguna Beach and then I went back and I watched it. And I remember watching it when I was on, when I was, when it was initially on and I was so much younger than the people in the show, but um, it's nuts because to see them now, they really were just kids. And it's kind of like, damn, that's crazy. You know, MTV was really <laughs> in, in these high schoolers business, you know, put it on national television and people ate it up. Oh, they ate it up. But still, we did. It, it, it was insane, and um, you know, it's crazy to see how young they were. But you know, you had Lauren Conrad, who's doing big things now, and as is Kristen Cavallari, and then the other people. But yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I I sort of had like a flashback moment too because someone pointed out that Pedro Pascal was actually in Undressed years ago insane yeah and he was in the pacific episode some reason i only remember this where the two brothers are both gay but they don't want to to tell the other one i i was just blown away like where some of these folks started out yeah yeah. that's how it always is like if you watch there are two shows where you can see a lot of people getting their starts um svu in the X Files, mm. I swear to God. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, Law and Order just because it was in in New York, it was right. like the, like the, I don't know what's the word, like the um, it was like the kind of like the, the starter pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a rite of passage to start on Law and Order and right. then continue with your career. So yeah. Uh, continuing on, we both watched the first episode of season two of Perry Mason. Yes. Um, what were your overall thoughts of this reintroduction to the series? Uh, uh, well, I was, I was, you know, gassed before it even started. So I was, I was all the way in, but I, it was good. It was a good start episode. You get enough 
of a little bit of what's happening behind the scenes. We got this baseball thing. You, um, you get the try hard son trying to impress his dad, who is that story is done, I suppose. Well, not done, but we know that's going to be a focal point. But the one character mm-hmm. I'm really interested in is, and I can't remember her name. It is the woman that, um, oh my God, I hate that I can't remember names like this. Hold on a second. Which woman? His oh. assistant? No, no, no. It's 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 the woman that Della meets in the bathroom. Or she meets in the... Oh. Where, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she has something... Uh, I don't know. Something there's there's more to her. I hope she's not just a love interest. She seems like she could have a really interesting kind of arc in this show. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. I I would agree. I thought it was a great return. Um that first scene of just the one shot following this guy on this riverboat. Yeah. You, you know something's about to happen, but you have no idea. Right. And then when it does, I was just like, whoa, what the, what the hell? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And then you find out that, you know, it was just supposed to be like to sabotage the business, but not literally like kill. kill right, people. it wasn't supposed to be that. Yeah. <laughs> kill people. Um, I thought that was dope. Um, and the eventual title card as it backed away at the dock. Yeah. That was a great shot. Um, and as you said, we meet this uh, sort of like wannabe mogul in Brooks McCutcheon. Um, He's trying to appease his father um, and becoming sort of like a business manager of, of, um, where are they? San Francisco? Yeah, somewhere in, uh, no, are they? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're in the Bay Area, yeah, Yeah, because they're trying to bring the the baseball team out that way, yeah. Yeah, he's he's built a stadium, and you can't have a baseball stadium without a baseball team. So he's made this announcement, which I'm sure his father did not know about, about bringing the baseball team there. Um, and the original attempt to sabotage a competitor's riverboat got people killed, and his father's like, dude, you need to chill. This right. is just go back to do what you be- do best, take care of your sons, and lay low. Um, but you can't do that. No. Two things. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, what I was going to say two things that really, I really, really like about the show is that they got characters that you have to tolerate, but you can't stand. And one of those is Pete. Uh, Shay Wiggum's character, the guy who comes around and just randomly has, like, he's the guy that yeah. offers Chris Chalk's character a job. Like, the way he talks about people, everything he says is horrible, but he's kind of a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's. Yeah, he he was he was Perry's right hand man, but now he's working for the prosecution. Exactly, and then the other thing that just not really that much about the character himself, but the um, the uh, oh god, Detective Holcomb trips me out because he's the principal mm-hmm. off of Victorious, and that just makes me laugh so much because every time <laughs> I see his character, I cannot stop thinking about that show. But um, but yeah, oh, man, there's so many it's- good characters. Yeah, and I love how they've carried over the things from season one to season two. Like, even, like, a lot of times anthology series are, like, series that have a new quote-unquote case each season. Like, you kind of lose certain characters, but they brought over, like you said, the detective. They've um, brought over... um, Chris Chalk with I mean they could they didn't have to continue him since he's a black character but I love that dynamic of having yeah, yeah. him trying to do his job um like you see him get that one not mission but job because that's an all colored hotel to sort of like spy on this exactly. guy they think is sort of cheating um running some illegal business yeah. um and even that's and a all, good story they could have to have yeah like a, a a black community underbelly. I was not expecting that angle. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and then, of course, we find out, like you said, they continue the story. The um, plaintiff, Emily Dotson, in season one, we find out that she died by suicide. She drowns herself. And Perry is obviously wrestling with this as he sees it as his fault. Um, she could not 
she could not sort of what was the word she she couldn't sit with the fact that she still felt guilty for her son's exactly the demise um yeah an interesting character that I did not expect to have maybe such a large um role is Sean Ashton's grocer yeah I didn't expect that either and I think he might have been just used to sort of introduce Perry as they're just working on civil suits at this time. Like, he kind of left criminal cases behind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this grocer Grice seems to be more... He'll have more to do with the story just because he obviously was... I mean, he won his case, but he's he's a predatorial businessman. Yeah. Like, he he's trying to become a monopoly Rush, in the yeah. grocery... Right. In the grocery business, which was kind of sad after. Yeah, you learned about the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was definitely a low point. Um, but we learned about all these new characters. Um, of course, Fidel, you mentioned she sort of meets this new woman, even though she's with somebody. Yeah, I was right. like, Della, what, what are you doing here? Um, Les- <laughs> lesbians. <laughs> right. <laughs> Going in stereotypes. Um, yeah, one one character I like, and, and because it's the only character that seems to put any sort of fear into Perry, is Lupe, the woman who took his yes. house, took his farm, and now has a club there. But the the relationship's so interesting because it's like there's, I think the animosity is just like tough flirting. I don't think they really despise mm-hmm. each other because then she's like, you know, I'm going out of town where you know. They got this little place in Mexico where you can be. Was it Mexico? She's going Possibly. somewhere where she was like, yeah. uh, you know, you can be whoever you want to be without rules. And, you know, Perry's like, oh, yeah, I'd absolutely love to escape myself for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a great moment was the fact he came to court literally bleeding after. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> crashing his, his, uh, his motorcycle. Bike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's dealing also with the fact, like, the divorce, not seeing his son. It's just a lot of things he's sort of trying to overcome. But by the end of the episode, we finally find out who's about to die. Um, And it's Brooks McCutcheon. Yeah. Um, Of course, he was dealing with the dirty cop, trying to get some things organized and whatnot. He... You know, has this disagreement with someone. He's about to get in his car to leave, and we see him look as if he knows see someone there. Um, and then it jumps to the next morning, and I remember seeing this moment in the trailer of this child with his mask on. I said, "What? What is this?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's leave. You know, Bruce Gracie out of right. this and just. But um, she discovers his body. He's been shot in the face. So yeah. we have our murder. Um, there's, of course, plenty of suspects. And we'll see where the season uh, takes us. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. And Perry Mason uh, airs Monday evenings at 9 p.m. on HBO and HBO Max. Um, we also have the Last of Us finale which saw a series high ratings of 8.0 million viewers yesterday. Um, were you able to catch it? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't catch it while I was on because I did watch the Oscars, but I, I watched the um, recording today. So, Okay. I think I'm going to rewatch it because I was you know, watching it, but watching Twitter for Oscar stuff exactly. and back and forth. And I kind of knew where... Like, I've never played the game, but I kind of knew how it ended. Right. I kind of knew where we were going. Um, But for someone who's sort of new to the story, what did you think of this ending and where do you think it's going to go? It's interesting you you said that about how you knew how it's going to end. Because I, like you just said, I have no history with this game or this franchise. So I was expecting fireworks. I thought some shit was really, really going to pop up. So this was a very subdued finale, you know what I mean? And I guess we got the fireworks in the last two episodes, you know, technically, but mm-hmm. um, it, it was, it won, it was one of the shorter episodes, maybe the shortest coming at, I think it's just yeah. right over 40 minutes, but, mm-hmm. you know, until the point where he goes, you know, uh, you know, like 
splinter cell and just killing people just you know <laughs> with secrecy uh, one like one after the other uh it, it was kind of just kind of a uh and i don't know the right word just a a different episode not what i expected not bad but um definitely set you up for i suppose the second season so yeah um so this episode we the previous episode penultimate episode we saw um ellie sort of survive the terror of david and in those sequences we see that she's no longer you know a little girl she sort of lost the bit of innocence she had left Mm -hmm. um and as she sort of matures from that experience we see that um joel sort of regresses to that father figure to where you know, he's no longer just sees her as a piece of cargo, but he sees her as a part of her family. So, um, they reach, you know, this hospital with the fireflies and one thing leads to another. You see, you, you start early on in the episode seeing sort of like this rift building between them. Cause yeah. Joel, who was Joel, who had always been sort of this hardened survivor is now sort of, hopeful and optimistic about the future whereas Ellie who did was just sort of like going through the motions now sort of sees that after all this she wants to she doesn't want to end the mission she wants to complete the mission right, and right. you see sort of like these these forks starting to form between them um, and you get the moment where random grenade lands you're like what the hell's happening yeah and they've re- <laughs> they've reached the fireflies uh joe wakes up after being pistol whipped in a hospital bed and marlene is there and she informs him that you know they're about to start the surgery on ellie and we learn oh i totally forgot the beginning of the episode actually is a flashback yeah and we learn right. how yeah we learn how ellie's actually immune so um ashley johnson who uh, actually voices Ellie in the video game. She plays Ellie's mom years back. We see she's actually pregnant with Ellie at the time. She's running, being chased by a runner. She runs to a house, locks the door, the runner gets through. This part was actually generally scary. I, I yeah. did not know what was happening. Um, she manages to kill the runner, but she gets bit in the process and in the stress of the of the situation, she delivers Ellie herself. He tells Marlene, you know, take good care of her and ask Marlene to kill her because she knows she's going to turn. And Marlene keeps her promise, but, but we learn that because she was born after uh, her mother was bit, that the cordyceps were already inside her and sort of grew with her in her brain and acted like a, a acted as if as a vaccine would. So she's sort of right. immune from from the infection. So the doctors believe that if they could remove the cord- the cordyceps from her brain, they can sort of like develop a vaccine and sort of save humanity. But we would lose Ellie in the process. Right. And Joel can't Joel can't handle that. Joel sees her as his daughter, part of his family. And we know that Joel protects family. We saw it with, and even though he protects family, he's he's lost every time. So we saw him lose Sarah. We saw him lose Tess. Um, he sort of philosophically has lost Tommy. Yeah. And he wasn't about wasn't about to lose Ellie. So he's told to be escorted out of the hospital, and that's when shit goes left. <laughs> yeah. He essentially just. Walks down, everybody kills him. Literally one by one. Yeah. And then it leads to a showdown in the parking garage with him and Marlene. And they have the conversation about what Ellie would want, you know. And she's like, you know, there's what you would want and what she would want. And, uh, you know, and then she kind of tells him, you know, what she would do would be to, um, to, to sacrifice his life, her life. And then he's like, nah. Well, we don't hear that, but no, he shoots her and then, you know, kind of stands over her, shoots her again and kills Marlene. And then we get to the car and um, mm-hmm. 
he's he's driving and driving away from the hospital and that's when that kind of an interesting conversation between them happens and uh you can tell that they know that uh, that she knows something's wrong that ellie knows that like uh hold on a second yeah yeah because ellie's asking you know well what's going on joe tells her that the doctor said that they found another way um that there's like more people yeah yeah, more people they can test for the cure, so they didn't need you. Um, and later on, you know, Ellie, you know, questions point blank. Tell me there wasn't no other way. You're not lying to me. And he says, you know, I'm not lying. Right. And as someone who's who knows the second video game, that lie is is going to cost Joel. Um, cause in his eyes, he's sort of protecting Ellie, but he's, he's already, it, it's already, the split has already formed. Right. You know, the right. rift is just going to grow cause Ellie's not a child anymore and that decision should have been hers to make. So we don't know when it's coming, but we already know it's been renewed for a second season and I'm pretty sure, um, Craig Meisen and Il Drunkman have confirmed in the interview that you can't cover the second game in one season. So we'll get at least two two seasons okay. in addition to this. So it might be a three season series. Okay. So That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um let's see. Elsewhere we had the poker face season finale last week, which which was really good. Um it sort of set up season two in the way the rest of the show could go on um we have an overarching storyline and then of course we'll get the case by case yeah uh episodes each week but it was a really interesting season finale and i uh, a success for peacock um that's good i really enjoyed the show so if you got the chance definitely check it out it's it's definitely something for our generation and up i don't know if newer generations will get it because they didn't grow up on like madlock or Columbo, yeah, yeah, shows of that nature. Um, this just sort of old fashioned and poker face sort of bringing that back, so yeah, it was a good time. And then I caught uh, Teal, um, the not Oscar nominated film star Daniel Deadweiler. <laughs> um, and this, of course, tells the story of um, Mammy uh, Teal Mobley who was the mother of Emmett Till, who's the young 14-year-old boy who was murdered in Mississippi, um, and sort of her fight for justice for him, and this event sort of set off the civil rights movement um, yeah. as we know it today. Um, Deadweiler, of course, is excellent in the film. Um, she does a wonderful job. <clears throat> and right now, I think it's just available to... Rent, I think. Hmm. It says it's on Prime Video, but I don't know if that's to stream or not. Yeah, I, I don't know either. To... But it was really good. Directed by Chinanye Chukwu. I hope I said that right. But she directed Clemency. That starred oh, okay. Alfred Woodard. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I was in tears like the first 20 minutes of this movie because it does it, you know, it starts with him in Chicago and her sending him off. And he's played by Jalen Hall, um, who's of all American fame. Yeah. Starts with and send him off. And it does a great job of like introducing the other characters that were involved, like her family members down there. Um, And I never knew this. Of course, two white men were, not held responsible, but, but claimed responsibility for his death. But um, there were color men involved with it too, who worked for this white man, were kind of forced to participate. Oh wow! Yeah, they were. I think they were responsible with like, um, like disposing of the body and things of that nature. So, yeah, it definitely hit the nuances of like 
how her family was supposed to feel after she felt hesitant about seeing him in the first place. Right. Um, it, it was really good. Film-wise, it wasn't anything we hadn't seen before, but Daniel was, was excellent. I think a better film would have been if it had just been, like, the trial. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like a, like a courtroom thriller, because the scenes in the courtroom honestly piss you off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely, definitely worth uh, checking out if you get a chance. Okay. Before we get out of here, what are you streaming for the weekend? Uh, we don't have too much to stream. Uh, I got some other things to catch up on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to watch the Oscar films I didn't get to in time. So that leaves The Banshees and Elvis. And I think that's really it. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm going to try to watch. I think I'm going to try to watch RRR this weekend. Okay. Um, and if not that, the Luther movie is out as well. So I'm going oh, yeah, to watch right. that. The reviews, yeah. reviews haven't been great. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I'm a fan of the series, so I want to check it out. And then this Friday, Prime drops Swarm. Uh, this is a series starring Dominic Fishback. Um, as an obsessed fan of a Beyonce like pop star, yeah, um, definitely interested in seeing how that plays out. Oh shoot, what did I just do? Um, and then anything else? Let's see. Hulu has a Boston Strangler on Friday. Oh wow! That the uh, that stars um, Kira Knightley and some other white woman I can't remember. But basically about how two female reporters uncovered and caught the Boston Strangler back in like the 19 somethings. Yeah. Um I think that's it. Uh Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It it sort of like feels like a lull kind of sort of. Yeah. Right now since awards season just stopped. It feels like a, a pause before everything sort of picks up again. So, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Extreme Life Podcast. Um, if you like what you hear, please share, <clears throat> review, like, favorite the show, and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. We are now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And if you don't like what you hear, let us know in our socials. Um, we are at Stream for Life Pod on Instagram and Stream for Life on Twitter. That's S T R M, the number four, and Life. Um, next week we'll probably just I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, keep on streaming. Peace. <laughs>